0: Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now, here's today's message. Yes, I'm Chaplain Grace. Um, if you ever get the chance to talk to Pastor Brian, he will tell you the five different initials that go with my name, that kind of go with the actual professional title. I'm Doug. Hi. It's great to not see you, because we have lights, and you guys sit in stadium seating. Okay, so I think for prayer and the prayer warrior is I'm humbled by a chance to be able to come talk to you. Because the idea of being able to speak and share, being in ministry since 18 years old, going through college, it's been a few decades now, maybe just two, but maybe less than two. Yeah, I can't do math. Do you know Michelle, that's her job. She's the teacher in the house, but for us in in ministry, prayer is one of those necessities. And I think for us to open up a series and everything, I just first have to say it's, it's just an honor to be here. It's an honor to be a part of the church and the family. It's an honor to be under uh, Pastor Josh. Week in and week out, he brings a, a word with Pastor Brian in ministry as well as Pastor Kelly and Pastor Hope. And so. Being a part of a a, a community, a family, that actually cares for us, that cares for you all. So thank you very much. Now, prayer is one of those mystical, and I say it in the most reserved way of saying mystic, because I can understand talking to you. I can understand what going out and meeting with my kids and having fun. I can understand going and getting some popcorn and coming back here after you buy a movie ticket. Right. After you buy a movie ticket today and watch a movie. You can understand that. Can you understand something you can't touch? And so I think for prayer, we, we struggle because we always think of things that might be a little bit easier. It's not me. I'm moving around a lot. I'll keep talking. So, I tell you, there's something in prayer. There's something that you need to understand that prayer is more than us looking for the easy way out. maybe. Because I would like a quick fix in life. If you have a flat tire, $5 at Walmart, what will it fix? Quick, fix, flat. Flat, fix, quick. Don't say it 10 times fast, you no. might mess it up. We think of a lot of things that we would like to do faster, easier, less, less difficult. I would love to figure out where on the Amazon Prime list I can buy manners for my kids. <laughs> that in, in two days of free shipping, my kids will be better. <laughs> I would love to be able to figure out how I could have a next-day delivery service from Walmart that would pay off my house. Yeah. I mean, how awesome would that be? But yet, just those two examples really show that life is all about the day in and day out. That we've got to be able to understand our relationships with each other, but many of us want to repair a relationship without ever shedding it. Relationships can't be repaired quickly. Trust can't be rebuilt overnight. And a marriage that gets destroyed over a lifetime, it doesn't come back with one weekend away. With one counseling session. We need to understand that there's more to life than a quick. And so I think prayers are, are part of that. But I bring this up because I mean Forbes will tell us, just last year in 2017, that 50% of workers in America, that 50% of workers in America, lost vacation days last year. wouldn't even take a vacation day because they're afraid they might fail fall behind. What is that with us having control over our life? Why do we feel that our strength to understand and control and keep these kids with clean faces and a smile on Instagram is really what life is That as we drive into work and park in our parking spot, to only come back out when it's dark again, to come back to our car, no one ever sees the car we drive. That the kids at home that really just want a mom or dad present really could care less of the style of the car. Maybe how many bedrooms you have. Although, for parenting and marriage, sidetrack, we need at least two bedrooms. <laughs> Kids in one. You figure out the rest. <laughs> so for understanding that how many tough times we just want to control it. We want the strength and our power, and we think that we can. There's a lie. That we think that we can control everything and us in the Navy and the military, we understand command and control, and I get it, but do we really ever have control? And we're just praying and hoping that everything goes okay. And I think a lot of times in life, we might think that our problems will fix themselves if we throw enough money at it. Maybe if we just do good things, good things is going to happen. And yet the strength that we have in life doesn't come from a quick fix. If you feel like you're kind of that car that maybe has a flat tire our tire running low, and you keep putting air in it, and it still just keeps getting flying. That no matter where you're at in life, the journey, the road that you're on, You're still asking the questions. Will this ever get better? Will the pain ever go away? Can I ever really count on anyone but me? Because we know this, we've heard this before. If you want it done right, you gotta. Oh, there we go. So there's a story that I was gonna share with you, and I think it's kind of funny. It mostly deals with uh, me, and I probably owe at least three people five dollars. If you could go back and tell Michelle and kids that I've told so many stories about her, (laughs) because she's not here to hear them. So for um, most people, think I'm in shape and physically fit, and I might be skinny, but um, in, being in shape is relative. Yeah. Being physically fit is relative. Now, there was a time and place when I first entered the Navy that we were going through, life was just busy, had a lot of distractions, and we have a test that you have to run twice a year, a mile and a half, not a big deal. But for that day and time, it was a big deal. And here I am, just huffing and puffing, and you know, you know, the ants are crawling faster than me, and you know, the sixty-year-old guy that you know outran, you know, he's just smokes past me, and I'm just dying. I mean, I'm just dying. And within two seconds of failing, for a guy that's you know. In his young 20s, his eye-opening experience, that being in shape takes time. Being in shape doesn't come overnight. You can't go out two weeks before and start working on it. (laughs) I didn't say use the bike. (laughs) For all those who know it is. But that was an eye-opening time. That the consistency of being in shape, physically fit, took a lot of time, took a lot of effort. It's not something that comes easy to me. Um, I know the things in my life that kind of take away from it. And there's, it's usually 4 o'clock in morning, There's a coffee and a bagel or a donut somewhere in the house because my kids are there. And that just sounds so much better than they're going out for a run sometimes. <laughs> I mean, there's some good things for comfort food. I mean, coffee, donut, bagel, it doesn't matter. Just a cup of coffee and before I go out for a run, and it's cold, it's raining. And life doesn't give us any changes. Life doesn't give us a break. So how do we have control when life is the cold, raining morning, and we just don't want to face it? Or it's dark and alone. Feel like, do I really even trust the person I'm seeking? That should be your wife or your husband. Those committed relationships with trust. So the strength in prayer, as my sermon title says, I think all this is our history, our, our baggage. It's in the car with us. Do we have flat tires? How are we going down the road? And I think as we leap into the book of Ephesians, we're going to come to the third chapter, verse 14. And I invite you to go ahead, click there with your phones, open up your Bible, or read it from the screen. That Ephesians is a letter from Paul. That he's writing to a church. That's on the road. They aren't dealing with lots of problems and lots of struggles. What well, they are dealing with this. how do you deal with life? Start in verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his family in heaven and on earth derives his name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long it is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Forever and ever. Amen. Let's pause for a moment. Jesus, I just lift this up to you. Holy Spirit, these words are inspired by you. That the points that... I have here, God, that I feel you, you just so innately brought forth. God, may these words be life and water. From your scripture to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So i got three three ways that I think we can gain strength. Knowing that strength doesn't come overnight. We can't run a mile and a half in two weeks and pass the time, probably, maybe. A bike, maybe. Starting in verse 14, Paul here is, is picked up the prayer. Now, so, chapter 3 is the middle of the book towards and in verse 14 is towards the middle of the chapter and we just leap right into it because this portion of the prayer I think is fitting for the for the strength that we need and verse 14 starts off the phrase for this reason so we need to recognize the spot that we See in verse 1 of this chapter he he had the same phrase he said For this reason, I, Paul, one of Christ Jesus, and for the sake of you. Why is he on his knees? For For the church in Ephesus. But he's talking about how he's here because of them. Because he's preaching the gospel. He's doing his mission. He's in chains, but see, that's the part, is that If you look in Acts chapter 21, all these things start getting connected that he's witnessing in Jerusalem, and then he gets thrown in jail, and yet here he is writing a letter to a church that he met. And so if we can recognize the spot, see Paul recognizes the spot that he's in. He recognizes that he's able to sit here and understand that he's not in the chains of the gospel because someone hates him. That he's not here because, you know, his financial problems are not here because the devil hates them. It's because you spend too much. That, you know, the the relationship issues and trust issues that you might have in a relationship, that they aren't there in your life because, you know, the devil's working against you. It might be because watching porn's wrong. That there's things in our lives that we just trip ourselves up on. We can blame it on the gnome. We can blame it on the crack on the sidewalk. And maybe we know those people in our lives that no matter what we do, there's something's always wrong and we can't please them. So why are you trying to please them instead of please God? And so Paul understands that his spot, in recognizing his spot, is that he's there for this reason and that he stands. In the spot of the jail to witness the gospel. And so this morning, are you you in a place that you're trying to work every angle, but you're not getting out of the situation? That you've prayed for God to give you a way, and He hasn't given you a way. And maybe there's a spot that He's trying to say, just recognize where you're at. That I am the way maker, and this is the way. Life might be a little cold in the morning. Life might be a little dark at times, but I'm the light. Hallelujah. Jesus says that he stands at the door and knocks. All we gotta do is recognize that he's knocking and let him in. That Jesus promised that he would never leave us or forsake us. So when we walk out in the dark times or around the people at the office and we feel like there's no witness, what about you? Where's your strength to witness? And that's what Paul is saying. I'm here for this reason. I want to encourage you. We might feel like we're in that prison sometimes. That all the decisions that we've made, we've landed in this spot. We just don't see how God's gonna do it. And I say that's when God is the way maker. But there's another part of this, uh, we gotta keep reading. And the second part, the first is we've got to recognize our spot. The second, we've got to position our attitude. Paul then says, I kneel before the Father. Other versions talk about I bow down. But if you start looking at the word kneel, if you start looking at the word bow, it's active. We're always in that. It's a worshipful word. It's meant to humble yourself. Well, Paul, why is he? He's in prison, so preaching the gospel. But he's a Jew. This letter to the church at Ephesus over in Turkey, modern day. He's writing to tell them that he loves them, that he is encouraged by them. But that also, he's there for preaching the gospel. He's in prison for preaching the gospel. But for this reason, I'm writing this letter to you, and I kneel before God, but remember, I'm a Jew. That Jews stand up and pray. And he's in a letter. And he thinks it's important enough to know that he kneels. Whether you want to kneel every morning and pray or not, that's the point of, Paul's talking about having a humbleness before that father. That he's accepted that he's going to be in this difficult job so he can carry out the difficult message. Paul is helping us understand how serious life is. And that there might be a change that you're struggling with. You're feeling God wants you to make a a reposition of your attitude. Maybe it's the person you're dating. And they want you to go to all the places that you said, well, God, I've made this relationship with you, and you know, now I'm not going clubbing all the time and God, but this she's really cute and she always wants to go there. God, and you know, the shorts are short and oh God. <laughs> your Attitudes in the wrong spot. Look up, not look down. You know, there, there's a part of raising the kids that you think should be easier, and so you just give them a bag of Cheetos upon a bag of Cheetos upon a bag of Cheetos. Now the conviction should come in. Not the first bag, the, the third bag. And the greatest alcohol is the third bag. that there's a responsibility there that the old ways are gone that the attitude of life is bigger here because the position that you need to have is one of humbleness before the father because he's entrusted those kids to you to raise not to be friends with He's told you to discipline them because that's love, not to say yes all the time. Now, it's funny in my household because, you know, who do the kids go to to ask for candy? Not this guy. <laughs> I think Gideon's actual phrase, Daddy, I was going to ask for this, but I know you're going to say no, so I'm going to go to mom. <laughs> No, son. The answer is no. <laughs> the position of your attitude has to change. But see, Paul isn't saying that he has the, ch- the strength to change his attitude. Paul just recognizing that his a- attitude just has to be humble before the Lord. We continue reading. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. From whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. For us in life, are we in a job that we just find ourselves with an attitude of negativity? And God's saying, No, you gotta reposition yourself to have a, an attitude of unity and bring the team together because I put you there to be the unity. put you there in that family, to be the leader, to step up and, and lead devotions in your house every night, yes. to pray with your family every night. Hallelujah. Instead of offering the bitter comments, are you going to do that tonight or I have to again? <laughs> it's God asking you to have an attitude of forgiveness, humble before them. <clears throat> I'm not saying that we have frivolous spending. And we know people have Amazon Prime addictions. It's okay. <laughs> no one gets half the battle. <laughs> but is God asking us to have an attitude of frivolous spending with our finances or to be a good steward? Yeah, you can pay for everything being done around your house, but is there stewardship to teach your kids what hard work is, to trim the lawn, to fix things, there's enough YouTube videos that if I can fix a water pipe, so can you. I'm just saying. My third, the third element here that I think that Paul's taking from us is, is the bulk of the scripture. So if we recognize our spot, if we position our attitude, Strength and prayer is going from. We've got to know where the power is from. See, a runner's going to tell you that their strength doesn't just come from their legs, it comes from their core, it comes from their arms, it comes from their back. That for a runner to be a runner and be professional, they're doing full body workouts. So they know that the power of their stride is connected. Do you know the power of your prayer is really connected to the power from God? It's not what you can do in your life to fix the problems, to change the people. It is what God can do through you. So let's read. Verse 16. I pray that out of this glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the things. To grasp how wide and how deep and how long and high is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine according to his power. Does it work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. This last part of knowing God's power that the strength is in the prayer. It is in you. And our desire to control life. Our desire to have everything fit in our car without hitching the trailer. Our power to fix everything at work and to be able to have all the answers. In the relationship that you think is just written off. I can't change this person. It's worthless. These kids, let me tell you, might as well just lock them up. Don't do that. Just leave (laughs) them. Not enough part-time jobs to pay off everything that I have. And yet, I still feel worthless. Our power is in God. But how do we know that His power well, we gotta have the other two parts first, because if we just stand on the hill and say God's got it all, there's nothing that's gonna happen. I'm pretty confident in that. The idea of understanding that God's put you in position. Not to have an easy life, but to spread the gospel. Paul wasn't searching for the Caribbean cruise or the Mediterranean cruise that would give him an easy life. Paul was preaching the gospel. And for that reason, he was a and he didn't want the church of Ephesus to hear the news and get discouraged that if you follow Christ, life is just going to be horrible. No, life is going to be difficult no matter you follow Christ or not. So why don't you follow it with power from God because he wants to give you the power. Yes, He does. But you got to recognize your spot and have your position and your attitude before you can understand the power comes from him, not from your good deeds up from your good managerial skills. You might have all the skills and for in the military be command and control, you could be the CO and everyone could love you. It doesn't fix problems a life. People still get hurt. People still get sick. Kids are still hurt. of this is that in a humble position, (coughs) in our spot of life, we can do immeasurably more than we ever thought, immeasurably more than we've ever dreamed. So as I wrap up, I close with this challenge, because I don't know where everyone's at this I know the first three rows because I can see outside of that. I love you, but I don't see you. Is that God has a, a power, a love, as it says in Paul's writings here that togetherness. Grasp how far and wide and deep. You know he wrote this in another letter in Romans. That before I am convinced that neither death nor life neither Principalities, your angels, new demons—nothing can separate us from the love of God. That relationship that you think is dead, not through the power of God. We talked about them, and we sung the song about miracles. We've spoken words before of God changing, well, it changes in prayer. And our 21 days of prayer starts today. And if we can understand that our spot in life might be where God wants us to work in unity, our forgiveness, our stewardship. And that he's going to give us the power to achieve that. But it's not going to be you know, us working extra hours. It's not going to be us adding more collateral jobs that work for responsibilities. It's going to be us positioning ourselves humbly before God. I invite you to close your eyes. So, where are you at this morning in your journey of trying to be strong, trying to hold everything together with your two hands, and yet you feel like it's the sand falling between your fingers? You're trying to grasp at every little straw. you feel that maybe in recognizing your spot that there's a role for you to say that God has you in a spot. A family. With friends. In a relationship. As a parent. That he's just trying to get you to see that he wants to work through you that your attitude of love that Paul talks about, of togetherness, together in saints, is that you this I want you to be encouraged that a power that God has for you can be imparted for you this morning. Before we leave, we pray together. Jesus, I just lift up my brothers and sisters in Christ and his family. God, as we realize that your power comes to us in our hearts through your Holy Spirit. God, may we open up and recognize where we're at. For those that need a different attitude, God, may they reposition it today. God, may they feel your power and strength. Come inside of them this morning. Encourage that they are not by themselves, but you are the way maker holding them at this very moment. For everything you've given to us, God, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for your opportunity to come and teach and share this message with you. I invite you to turn to your neighbor and say, you look strong. Awesome, awesome. Now for the neighbor you didn't think that looked strong, go ahead and tell them that too. <laughs> go ahead and stand and I'll uh, pray a benediction over. There. May God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May your days be ones of encouragement and love and peace. Go and have a great way. peace Amen. of God be with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.